There's some developing news in relation to the serial killings in California going on. Uh, an arrest has been made. However, it's very troubling. Here we have a sitting governor trying to win another term, and he's yet to be officially cleared of these killings. No statement, nothing. No radio silence completely, and still no one coming forward to defend Gavin Newsom and say that he's innocent. Why? And then out of nowhere, a black man is arrested? I've never been a big believer of the systemic racism claims, but this is highly suspicious. I mean, look at all the famous serial killers of all time. I mean, what do they all have in common? Jeffrey Dahmer, uh, Ted Bundy, uh, the BTK killer, Dennis Rader, uh, John Wayne Gacy, just to name a few. There's a, there's a pattern here, guys, a, a distinctly white pattern. White, middle-aged, ordinary-looking dudes. That's who's out there committing all the serial killings, not black people. Now take a look at these two pictures side by side. Given what we know about serial killers, who seems like they might be guilty of all these crimes? I'm just, we don't have all the evidence yet. None of this is confirmed, of course. But to the people of California, you have to realize where you stand right now. It can't be ruled out that you have a serial killer on your hands and on the ballot, and maybe a racist serial killer at that. Ask yourself one question, voters of California. Can you risk it? Stu does America. If someone from the Gavin Newsom campaign wants to come on the program and refute these allegations, I mean, we're happy to have them. BlazeTV.com slash Stu is the place to go to subscribe to Blaze TV. Use the promo code Stu. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, like this video right this second. Click follow, click like, do all the things, drop a comment below, an algorithmic engagement comment to get this channel popping even more than it has. We've grown quite a bit lately, and we do appreciate that. Gene Marks is going to be here to explain why Dr. Oz is the guy you should vote for if you are in uh, Pennsylvania. Biden tries to get his side excited about abortion again, but we start by doing Mandela Barnes. Who is Mandela Barnes? Mandela Barnes is a candidate running for Senate in Wisconsin. He's up against Ron Johnson, trying to take out the incumbent Johnson, who's a Republican. And it's a pretty close race, one of the closer races we have out there. And right now, Johnson has a small lead, but it's a pretty competitive race. And it's important to understand who might be representing the people of Wisconsin in the Senate. So how did Mandela Barnes get here? Who, who, who is this guy? What does he believe in? Does anybody know? Well, he's a guy that has really had a lot of praise foisted upon him over the past couple of years. He's sort of become a star on the left. So one of those almost celebrity candidates when it comes to the left, a rising star in Democratic circles. Young, black, and in power, Wisconsin's lieutenant governor steps into the national spotlight amid racial reckoning. That's CNN back in 2020. Mandela Barnes was making a big case that there's a warning out there for people to understand as we went through the George Floyd protest back in the day. He said people are out there protesting because they want to save this nation. They want to correct the mistake that has been made over time. Many mistakes that have been made before most, if not every protester was ever born. And then Barnes delivered a warning. If we fail to correct the mistakes, what we are dealing with now is nothing compared to what we will deal with down the line. Is that a, is that a warning or a threat? Not, not precisely sure. 
Now, the problem is that a lot of people noticed what Mandela Barnes was saying when he came to prominence a couple of years ago. And they started accusing him of maybe not being so supportive of the police, maybe looking to defund them, maybe siding with the criminals who were burning down cities. And, you know, believe me, Wisconsin got a heavy dose of this sort of stuff back in the day. And some of that has continued uh, on and on uh, throughout the last couple of years. Well, Mandela Barnes wants to make sure that you understand what his position is. That's why he released this ad. Look, we knew the other side would make up lies about me to scare you. <laughs> Come on. Now they're claiming I want to defund the police and abolish ICE. What? That's a lie. That's a lie. I'll make sure our police have the resources and training they need to keep our community safe. Oh. And that our communities have the resources to stop crime before it happens. Oh, great. I'll bring back manufacturing. And I'll pass a middle-class tax cut. Really? And if that's too scary for Washington, then so be it. I'm Mandela Barnes, and I approve this message. You see, he's just like you. He has a kitchen, too. And that's where he was standing for that entire commercial, which is why you should believe him in the kitchen and not all the other things he's done over a long period of time. Should we go through how he was talking about the police? Let's do so. Let's start out with this particular quote. We must recognize that, especially in our state, acts of systemic violence are happening every day, and they include more than just fatal police violence. The poverty, poor environmental conditions, and inequitable access to health care experienced by black communities and other communities of color are a form of systemic violence, too. Sort of uh, echoing the narratives of the far left in the defund the police movement. But he didn't say defund the police. Those are protesting this injustice are doing so in order to save the nation hmm. and they should be protected to see a city burn on the outside is devastating. But it hardly compares to the implosion brought by systemic inequity and injustice like internal bleeding. You may not see it, but the outcome will be catastrophic if left untreated. And just to make sure you uh, understood that sentiment was Really, to his core, he tweeted the exact same thing. Uh, honestly, protests are meant to save this nation. To see a city burn on the outside is devastating, but hardly compares to the implosion brought by systemic racism. I mean, sort of downplaying the idea that a bunch of cities were on fire. I mean, it's, not, it's a little bit more than just disturbing to see that, but I mean, it honestly took away a lot of people's livelihoods and many people's lives, those protests didn't seem to be central to the issue that Mandela Barnes was worried about. And remember, this is a guy trying to convince you he's going to be tough on crime and give the police the resources that they need. This goes back, of course, not just to 2020, but long before that. Back in 2014, he said about the Ferguson protests, it has to be as hard for the people of Ferguson to act peacefully as it is for myself and others to call for peace. Do you ever have a problem calling for peace in your entire life when there was strife and horror out there? Did you ever have a problem hoping and praying and wishing that that particular incident would end peacefully and quickly? Did that ever, ever come to you as a, as a thought, as, a, as an instinct to say, hey, I don't know, I just can't, I can't, cause for, I can't call for peace and gosh darn it, I just can't act peacefully. Did that ever cross your mind? As a citizen, if you're in Wisconsin, is that ever something that ever crossed your mind? 
Um, then there were 790 people have been killed by police officers in the United States this year. This is from Melissa Harris Perry. Melissa Harris Perry, former MSNBC protester. Uh, she was always on air and telling people that you needed a village to be able to raise children. Her name was Melissa Harris Perry. And she was quoted by Mandela Barnes when he said, yeah, so yeah, not all police, but if I gave you a bowl of Skittles and told you three were poison, in other words... There's so many bad police officers out there. How can you risk it? Hmm. Here's more from Mandela Barnes. It is a total epidemic when you see so many episodes. We're talking about police violence. You have isolated incidents, and then you have repeated isolated incidents. This means that there is an epidemic of police brutality taking place. These police departments have to want to reform themselves from the top down. It's not really a, a, a bad apple or a bad skittle. It's an epidemic of police brutality against people. Now, of course, we've gone over the numbers on this many, many times and shown that this is a ridiculous case to make. There are, of course, incidents that we should step up and stop and call out and make sure that these officers are prosecuted, as, as were many of them were, by the way, in the cases that caused these incidents. But to, uh, to say there's an epidemic of police brutality does not play out in the numbers. But you can see where Mandela Barnes is coming from. He is seeing this as a police problem. All these, pro with murders going through the roof, cities burning to the ground, this is a time to step up and criticize police. That's Mandela Barnes. I am not a part of the Abolish ICE movement because no one slogan can capture all the work we have to do. But I do support comprehensive reform in our immigration agencies that protect our borders while establishing a pathway to citizenship and ensuring no one com uh, coming to this country has to experience traumas like family separation. He tried to do this over and over again. I'm not on the Abolish ICE movement. Now, you can say, tell by all the previous stuff we've talked about that he has a real issue with skepticism and downright hostility toward police officers. But then he tries to come out and justify when he's trying to appeal to moderate voters that he's a guy that's just uh, he's being misportrayed as a guy who is against uh, ICE. Why would you think that? Well, some people would think it because of something like this. There's a photo of him holding up a T-shirt that says... Abolish ICE. Now, I have lots of pictures of myself in T-shirts. None of them, I don't think, uh, have uh, the exact opposite of my view uh, that, that represented. You know, you're not going to catch me in, let's say, a, a Dallas Cowboys shirt, for example. That's not the type of thing I would do. I wouldn't hold up. Hey, look at this. Cowboys, go. I would not say that. I can't even say it here as I'm trying to uh, go through this monologue of, as, a, as, a, as a, an example of something I wouldn't say. It's against my nature to say something like that. Uh, Mandela Barnes has signaled support for removing police funding and abolishing ICE, as we know. And remember that glowing article at the beginning from CNN. This young man who's in power, he's black and in power at a moment of racial strife. Well, now they're saying, well, guess what? He has signaled support for removing police funding and abolishing ICE, despite the ad we played for you earlier claiming otherwise. And this has been sort of a, an ongoing thing with Mandela Barnes and the police. He says now that he supports the police and he's on board with the police and he swears all that stuff, all those hundreds of things you've heard him say don't add up to a, a hostile position towards our officers and law enforcement. But instead, he swears he's on their side. He just wants it to be a little bit better. 
Now, of course, one of the ways he's tried to prove that to people of the people of Wisconsin as he tries to kind of take Ron Johnson's seat is to, to come up with a list of police officers who support him. You know, get a, get a few officers who say, you know what, we like Mandela Barnes. And then he did. He came up with a list. Um, unfortunately, uh, one of the guys on the list, you know, he, he, he didn't actually support him. Uh, Barnes has to retract an endorsement of an official who didn't back him. Barnes' campaign on Thursday released a list of nine endorsements from current and former law enforcement officers. Again, there's, think of how many law enforcement officers there are out there. Just for a second, step back and think for a second how many there are. I mean, there's dozens in every every department. You go to a big city, you got hundreds. Uh, there's thousands, I'm sure, across the state of Wisconsin. He found nine officers and not even nine current officers. He found nine current and former officers. So, I mean, how many thousands of people did he have to search through to find these nine? Well, he found nine. Unfortunately, one of them was John Siegel, who was listed as a police captain for the city of La Crosse. On Monday, the conservative website Wisconsin Right Now reported an interview with Siegel in which he said he never endorsed Barnes. Barnes spokesperson Maddie McDaniel told Wisconsin Public Radio on Monday that it was a mistake due to a clerical error, which was corrected on the campaign website Saturday. And look, uh, as much as I'm a little critical here of Mandela Barnes, that stuff does happen with a big campaign. You know, you had to search through tens of thousands of officers only to find nine. Of course, one of them could have just been a clerical error, right? And that makes sense. Except uh, for it wasn't the only one. Another law enforcement endorsement removed on Mandela Barnes campaign website. Racine County Deputy Sheriff Malik Frazier is no longer included on a coalition of Wisconsin law enforcement officers endorsement. Frazier was one of two, two, one of two active, I'm sorry, I can't do this with a straight face. One of two active duty officers originally listed in campaign press release Thursday. A spokesman for the county sheriff's office tells CBS 58, while Frazier personally supports Barnes in the U.S. Senate race, he was not aware his name and title would be used on an endorsement list. So they had to go through all, all of the police officers in the state, and they came up with two who are actually serving right now, and one of them they had to take off the website. This is going really well. Now, this is, of course, just part and just some of the extreme views that come from Mandela Barnes. He's just not your average, even Democrat, to be honest with you. Here he is. I mean, listen to this language. You've heard this language before. This is not back from 2012 or 2008, whenever the guy was in college. This is him in 2020 talking about how this country was founded on stolen land. We have to reject the idea that this is not who we are as a society and as a country. Unfortunately, this country was built by stolen labor on stolen land. Mm. That's who we've always been. But together, we can all work to change that. I mean, uh, look, this is just pathetic. The fact that you, you want somebody in the Senate representing you who's looking at the country he's currently trying to be one of 100 voices in the Senate to represent the people of Wisconsin. He, he, but he thinks Wisconsin is, is basically stolen. Really? Is that what we're doing? These are just extreme views. And he's extreme, of course, as you'd expect anybody in the Democratic Party to be extreme on the issue of abortion. Mandela Barnes admitting 
he backs abortion through all nine months of pregnancy. This is from National Review. Lieutenant Governor, last night at the Wisconsin State Debate, uh, Ron Johnson said that you supported abortion up until birth. You responded, you support Roe. But what about after viability when Roe said that there could be limits, say at 23 weeks of pregnancy, if the pregnancy doesn't pose a risk or physical health to the mother? The baby's healthy. The baby is healthy. Should abortion be legal or illegal in those cases after viability? Now, if you watch this show enough, you know, I've, I've read through these stats a million times. Abortion in the second and third trimester is overwhelmingly unpopular in the United States of America. The third term is, I think, 84 percent opposed to it being legal. Uh, the second term is about 68 or 69 percent. I can't remember. It's right around two thirds. The bottom line is this is one of the most uniting things we have in our public discourse. And yet no Democrat can find their way to ever match any of this. They, they always have to say it's all the way to the end. Mandela Barnes responded. He said it all goes back to this decision being made between a woman and her doctor. That's as simple as it gets. It is simple. What it means is you want no legal restrictions on abortion, no matter what. If the woman says seven seconds before birth that she wants the baby dead, you're in. That's what you keep saying. The whole argument is not about whether women have choices. The argument is about what are the legal limits uh, within that structure. And Mandela Barnes has been quite clear. There are none. No limits whatsoever. And it's important to understand that while people in Wisconsin had to suffer through all sorts of uh, lockdowns and restrictions, just like everybody else uh, did in the country, Mandela Barnes was always on the side of giving you more and more restrictions through COVID. Repealing the mask mandate is basically an insurrection against public health. Be beyond how crappy all of these viewpoints are, do you really want a guy in the Senate who's going to give you shtick like that? Insurrection's a key word right now. Hey, mask mandate repeals an insurrection against public health. You really want that sort of nonsense in the Senate, honestly? Uh, how about his views on the founding of this country? We know the founders stole the, the land. We got that already. What does he feel about some of the great leaders? Like, for example, George Washington. No doubt George Washington was one of the, uh, one of the top presidents, someone tweeted. He responded, yeah, I mean, if slave owning is your thing, have at it. That's Mandela Barnes, boys and girls. How about his incredible respect? Because, you know, this is a guy who's talked over and over again about how bad the insurrection was. It was this terrible, terrible January 6th. All oh, the, the anti-democracy on the right is absolutely horrible. We saw violence. We don't want political violence at any time. Of course, when the political violence was directed at Republicans, he thought it was hilarious. When Steve Scalise almost died, when a Bernie Sanders... By the way, he's very closely, Mandela Barnes is very closely associated with Bernie Sanders. When a Bernie Sanders volunteer took a gun to a baseball field and almost killed 10% of elected Republicans, here was the reaction from Mandela Barnes. Taking one for the team. I question how people vote against self-interest, but this is next level. He literally almost died on this hill. <laughs> Scalise uh, did not think that was particularly funny, responded and said, that's disgraceful. Says a lot, about, uh, a lot more about his lack of character to be, in essence, condoning political violence. All of us should be standing up against that political violence. To say something like that, Barnes really needs to look in the mirror and reevaluate his lack of character. 
Uh, Barnes responded and said, this is a very personal topic for me as someone who has experienced the pain of losing friends and loved ones to gun violence. My comments came from a place of frustration with politicians like Ron Johnson, who see gun violence happen every day and turn their backs on solutions that would keep people safe. Again, turned it into politics. He mocks a guy who almost died and then gets really, 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 really serious because of Ron Johnson, who just happens to be his political opponent. Don't worry. Those are heartfelt views, just like his heartfelt views about the uh, uh, the truth in uh, in the in the media when it comes to our politics and the insurrection. Mm -hmm. Yes, he was very truthful about that too. By the way, he wanted to make sure you knew that Donald Trump, because he you know he cares about truth, stole an election. I'm very upset about it. Right. That's the guy. Got to stop that. Can't believe all this misinformation out there. Misinformation like, I don't know this, Donald Trump is a Russian spy, period. Believe me, period. That's from Mandela Barnes. Or his opinion on the election. You can't say it was rigged, right? Well, that's exactly what Mandela Barnes said. The election was rigged, question mark, that happened on November 9th, 2016. Mandela Barnes is an extreme candidate for a state that has found levels of sanity that some of us in the country did not understand that they were able to possess over the past few years. There's been a, a real change in the way Wisconsin sees the world because they've seen the results so clearly and closely from progressive politicians across their state. And they're trying to change that. They've been trying to change that here for the past few years. Mandela Barnes is not a moderate. He's not a normal Democrat. He's an extreme liberal. And the choice, I think, in Wisconsin is quite clear. Hopefully, for all of our sake, they make the right one. Oh, man, do I love Bespoke Post and their new seasonal lineup of must-have box of awesome collections. Bespoke Post partners with small businesses and emerging brands to bring you the most unique goods every month. I will tell you, you know what I got last month? This, is this little travel bag. I mean, it was, you know, like a duffel bag looking thing. And I was like, this is pretty cool. Nice little travel bag. No big deal. And then I started unzipping it. And it kind of unzipped in a weird way. And I'm zipping, I'm zipping the thing. And I open it up. And then I realize it's got like a suit bag inside the duffel bag and it wraps this i don't know how it even happens but you undo it it turns into a like a, a, a suit rack a bag that you can actually hang uh, up and it also somehow it's like a transformer it transforms into a duffel bag it's the coolest thing i've ever seen uh you got to get started with a box of awesome.com you take a little quiz there i know i mentioned when i took the quiz i said travel was something i do a decent amount love to have some cool travel goods that's why i have that bag and a couple of other really great uh, travel items i've been able to get from the box of awesome you're gonna love this stuff they've released new boxes every month across a ton of different categories and each box is valued at around 70 dollars, but you only pay a fraction of that price plus with each box of awesome you're supporting small businesses it's a great, great company and a great, great uh, gift for someone that you love as well. It's free to sign up and you can skip a month or cancel anytime. Get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code STU at checkout. Boxofawesome.com. The code is STU for 20% off your first box. Boxofawesome.com slash STU. The standoff at the border is heating up between Texas Governor Greg Abbott and the federal government. Politicians will never let a crisis go to waste. 
we have been invaded. The crisis is being used by Republicans as a photo op by the Democrats to expand their voting base. More than 85% of everybody reaching the border is coming in. That's the definition of an open border. Just down the road, you can get in no problem, no Humvees, no armed guards. What people don't realize is there's a way around everything. The Blaze Originals team traveled to the Texas border, ground zero of the most controversial news story of 2024. With some experts estimating over 4 million border crossings in 2023 alone, we embedded with the Take Our Border Back convoy to investigate. What if the entire narrative you thought you knew was a lie? Go watch the real story of Texas versus the feds and how the elites use the border crisis against us by visiting realbordercrisis.com and use code TEXAS for $30 off an annual subscription to Blaze TV. I want to welcome uh, Gene Marks to the program. He's a columnist, certified public accountant. His new article is for The Hill. It's called Memenhaz is Clueless About the Economy. Pennsylvanians should vote for him anyway. I'll tweet out a link to uh, the article shortly. Make sure to give it a read. Gene, how's it going? Stu, it's great to meet you. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks so much for coming on. I really liked your article. Your article made me laugh out loud a couple of times <laughs> because I feel like we're kind of all in this world right now where we're making calculations similar to the ones you're making. Uh, you're talking about this race. And look, Dr. Oz was not my favored candidate in this particular race. He won yeah. uh, and he is now the nominee on the Republican side. John Fetterman, to me, is a complete catastrophe for a hundred different reasons. And your yeah. argument here is like, look, it, it, these are two options that are not ideal, but one is clearly <laughs> superior. Yeah, you, you know, it's it's really tough, Stu. I mean, I, you know, I live in Philadelphia. I'm a Pennsylvania voter. Uh, this is a uh, it's a big decision. I take it very, very seriously. And it is a tough election this year. You, everything you just said, I completely agree with. Um, you know, I mean, John Fetterman is a complete disaster, um, not somebody I can ever imagine supporting. Uh, you know, not only the policies that he that he stands for, but also his his personal behavior, his reliance on his family for many years, his uh, you know un uh, you know, you know, inconsistent performance that he's had both at the state and his small little town of Braddock. It's just not a guy I would ever vote for. Um, but I got an history of Dr. Oz ain't so great either. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, you know, you just you, you think just like oh man, I mean like you know what do I do here? Yeah, I mean you know Dr. Oz is, I mean listen, you can argue with me or not, but I mean he's. You know, he's a celebrity. He doesn't even live in Pennsylvania. I question his motives. I, you know, I, I don't think he knows anything. I mean, I, I originally wrote this column as a comparison between the two candidates. And when I went to Oz's uh, website and was also looking at some of the, you know, material about him, the speeches that he's made, not a whole lot of stuff, you know, that he's talking about. Not a lot of policy, not a lot of details, just like, you know, um, I support small businesses, you know, and mm. I'm against, you know, Chinese hacking, you know, things that like, yes, of course, everybody is. So, uh, you know what I just, my, my conclusion was that um, I'm a Republican. I really do stand for a lot of the things, particularly economically, that the Republican Party stands for. I'm a small business owner. I represent hundreds of small business owners. I really, truly believe that uh, the economy is in, is in bad shape and getting worse and we need to make some changes. And uh, I would rather have a clueless guy like, like Oz there in the Senate who basically just takes his orders from the Republican leadership than a guy like, uh, you know, a Fetterman, you know, who 
could really do some damage to this country over the coming years. So yeah, that was my take. Yeah, I, I, and I think it's I think it's a good one because I think there are a lot of people who are not won over by Dr. Oz uh, as his deep knowledge of economic issues, um, <laughs> but. I, I will say it's interesting with Fetterman because I think so much of the, the attention has been on, you know, his unfortunate health situation and how that's affected him a, a attempting to campaign. But really, if you take all that away, this is a guy who is em embraced every plank of the far left economically. And is he's selling it to Pennsylvanians as this guy, his everyman approach. I'm just a normal guy. I'm wearing a hoodie. How bad could I be when he's embracing many aspects of the sort of AOC wing of the party? Yeah, he really is. Uh, you know, let's not forget he went to an Ivy League college. Um, he was supported by his parents to into his 40s. Um, his claim to fame that he was mayor of Braddock, Pennsylvania, which you know showed absolutely no employment gains or any, you know, any economic gains while he was mayor. And then he was like deputy lieutenant governor, and never really heard anything about him. You know, when when he was deputy lieutenant governor, I'm really curious to see what, you know, his Democratic, you know, candidate, you know, uh, Josh Shapiro really thinks of him personally behind closed doors. Um, the guy really hasn't accomplished much. He's just got an attitude and a presence. You know, he looks like the everyman guy, and that's why he's coming out. That's his thing. You know. Um, that's just not, you know, those are not the qualities that I would support for somebody representing me in the Senate. So I, you know, I, I think Fetterman is, uh, you know, really does not have a lot of substance behind his positions and he, the positions that he's taking though, frighten me. I mean, I've written before in the Hill and I've written in the Washington times too, about my, my fear of the, uh, you know, the Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, you know, left to swing. I mean, again, I, I cover small business. I am a small business owner. Uh, their anti-business sentiment is is really having an impact on the economy. And Fetterman would be just, you know, you know, toe step right along with them um, if he was elected. And that's just not somebody that I, I could support in the Senate. Yeah, it seems like he just brings up these sort of talking points. So you mentioned some of them in your article, uh, your column, uh, you know, corporate greed. You know, yeah. The idea that gas prices are going up because of price gouging. I mean, anyone who knows anything about anything doesn't believe this stuff. But it seems to be a pitch that does connect with enough people because, honestly, it just connects with emotion. It connects with anger. Listen, you know, Winston Churchill, Winston Churchill said the best argument against democracy is a five minute conversation with the average voter. <laughs> so, you know, there's there's certainly a population out there that will just take whatever he says and believe it as truth. And uh, and let's forget, you know, these all these attacks on big corporations. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I get that there is some regulation needed, but for goodness sake, my my clients, their biggest customers are big corporations. You know, big corporations in in Philly, for example, are the ones that provide jobs and taxes and opportunities and employees of Comcast in my neighborhood. They go home, go to pizza shops and dry cleaners and restaurants in my area. You know, I mean, you attack these corporations and, you know, they scale back, they lay people off and that affects small businesses all around me. And it just really drives me nuts when I just hear candidates just saying, oh, it's it's the wealthy, it's the big corporations, it's the corporate greed. That's the, the problem of it all. And the price gouging with oil, it's just nonsensical to anybody that runs a business. So taking the other side here, though, what's to make you think, I mean, Dr. Oz, who I, I mean, I mean this sincerely, had no idea he was a Republican or had ever heard any of his political positions until the day he announced his run. I, I, yeah. I no idea. He doesn't seem to be particularly specific either uh, when it comes to his right. platform. What makes you think he's going to be better than Fetterman? Um, well, here's here's specifically what I what I what I think about us. I, I agree with what you just said. Um, I, I think he 
listen, I don't know the guy. So, you know, it's not fair for me to like make these, you know, generalizations about him without having met the man, but he loves being a celebrity. You can tell Mm -hmm. being a U.S. Senator is a pretty great job. It's like almost as good as being a professional baseball player, you know? (laughs) So if you can be a U.S. Senator, you know, it's pretty good. You always get a seat at a restaurant. You always get the attention. My take on this guy, and I wrote about this, is that he's going to love being a Senator. He wants to have that stature and uh, he's going to want to keep being a Senator forever because that's, you know, he's going to love it. And so, you know, if he's going to want to do that, he, you know, he's not going to fight against his party. He's going to want full party support to help him get through whatever election year he has. And to do that, he's just going to have to follow the direction of what his party say. I trust in the party leaders. You know, I'm a fan of the leaders, particularly Mitch McConnell in the Senate and some other of the Republican leaders that that, that are out there and you're growing in stature. Um, that, you know, they are a pro-business, you know, um, pro-economy type of, you know, type of party. I am a Republican for that reason. And although I do you know, disagree on some social issues, and you'll never agree with everything in a party, sure. um, I do believe that, you know, if I have odds there, um, he will you know, step in the line and do what he's told by the Republican Party leaders. And as a Republican, um, that's good enough for me. <laughs> I am at this point where I'm not a partisan guy at all. I'm not even a registered Republican. Um, okay. But I, I am a person who at this point, I just want this direction to stop or yeah. slow down. I mean, I, you know, part, I think a big part of this for me would be needing, wanting control of at least one of these branches to not be in the same party's hand because we're, we've seen this gone out of, go out of control. People are really suffering with inflation and all of the economic problems that we're having. And, and, and this is at some level been bipartisan, the spending, uh, certainly. But it's just like, do you want to turn it up to 11 or do you want to keep it at eight or nine? And at this yep. point, eight or nine is a really important difference from the direction we're going. Yeah, you're right. You know, so besides the writing that I do and and my practice, I do a lot of speaking to industry associations about 40 or 50 times a year. And these are like the most unsexy associations (laughs) you've ever heard, like corrugated container manufacturers and Mm. metal framing distributors and air filtration, you know, makers. And you wouldn't believe, but that's America, you know, and these are rooms of anywhere from 100 business owners to, you know, a thousand business owners. And, you know, these people are all good people from all around the country. And, you know, they, they, they cringe when they hear what's coming out of Washington right now. They're trying to run their businesses. Many times, you know, they, they go into their place of work. And again, they were running their companies for decades. They say for the first time ever, they feel like their employees hate them because they're not providing all the workplace security that, you know, or they're against unionization or whatever positions they take. And they, they've never really felt that way before. These are people that are that are running businesses that make up the infrastructure of this country. And you know, be, know this, too. This past year really wasn't a bad year for many industries in this country other than construction and real estate. But everyone that I talk to across the board are terrified about the next six months. Orders are dropping off. Backlogs have declined. And many of my clients and many of these people's businesses, they see inflation not going away. They see interest rates increasing. And then they see a government that you know wants to wants to load trillion after trillions of dollars onto already a, you know a, you know a, a money supply that's got more than six trillion dollars floating around chasing too little demand, and it terrifies them. So what they need is more constraints, a little bit more fiscal sanity, 
And the Democratic Party is not really providing that right now, which is why, you know, I, I really think the Republicans will do well this year in the midterms. And guys like me, I'm a moderate Republican. I mean, I'm not crazy about Dr. Oz, but let's put him in there so at least he follows what the leadership tells him to do. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of this comes from you spend all these trillions of dollars. You, you can buy. There's a sugar high there for a little while. But eventually <laughs> yeah. this, this kind of comes back to you. Let me let me end with this one, um, because you're a CPA. Uh, there's always going to be uh, a lot of use for, you know, for CPAs, high level accounting. But like. Shouldn't we be in a country where there's less need for them, like where we have a, sim- a system that's more? Shouldn't you be less in demand? Is my hey, question. Stu, come on. <laughs> I'm trying to help out here. What kind of a comment is that? Yeah, you're, you're I mean, you're absolutely right. Things you know, should be easier. They shouldn't be less. You know, they shouldn't be more complicated. But that's the that's just the nature of, I think, human beings. I mean, when you look, I don't know if you've ever seen like there's some diagrams. I should send you some like uh, of what the tax code looked like in 1955 compared to like 2020, you know, it's mm. just, you know, it's like a volume here versus like thousands of volumes <laughs> now. Um, human beings want to make things more complicated to, to justify their experience. And so they grow things. And uh, I think both parties are at fault for doing that, not just you know, the Democrats. Uh, so you're right. In a perfect world, we should we should need less CPAs. But Hey, it's not a perfect world. What can I tell you? Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's, it's, it's good work while you have it, Gene, of course. Uh, Gene Marks is a columnist and certified public accountant. Make sure to check out all of his stuff, especially this one on the Hill. It's Mehmet Oz is clueless about the economy. Pennsylvanians should vote for him anyway. I love it. It's just very honest. Uh, Gene, thanks so much for coming on the program. We appreciate it. Thanks, Stu. I appreciate it as well. You take care. With the consumer price index increasing yet again, the stock market has been in turmoil. What are we going to do? I mean, we've, we've been talking about this, uh, the economy over the past couple of days quite a bit. And what happens in these times? Well, you should be able to look at your situation and try to figure out the best path forward. Uh, all we're doing is printing more and more money. That can't possibly be the best path forward. So what do you do? Well, uh, check out uh, different options, like for example, Birch Gold. Birch Gold uh, is is going to send you a free info kit. All you have to do is text the word Stew to nine eight nine eight nine eight. Check this out. Understand if you maybe part of some of your savings should be in gold in a tax sheltered account. They can help this, uh, help you with all of this. Uh, IRAs, four hundred one ks can be converted into precious metals IRAs. Check it out. Is this the right thing for you? Do your homework and understand your options. Don't allow the left to devalue your savings. Text Stu to nine eight nine eight nine eight. You can collect your free, no obligation info kit from Birch Gold. Again, you can own physical gold and silver in a tax sheltered retirement account, and Birch Gold will help you do it. Birch Gold has an A plus rating with a bit of Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of satisfied customers. Check them out now. Text Stu to 989898. Secure your future with gold. It's Stu to 989898 with Birch Gold. You haven't peaked. You haven't even begun to peak, but you're going to peak today. Oh, you're going to peak all over everybody. (laughs) Dennis from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, representing the entire Democratic Party right now as they look at themselves in the mirror and try to convince themselves No, they have not peaked. Everything is going to be wonderful in the future. That's kind of where the Democrats are right now. And this is exactly basically how we said this would uh, play out. We've been talking about this for months as the media tried to convince you there was this big Democratic momentum. 
and that uh, we said, hey, you know, there's some little evidence of that, but I don't believe it. When when the election gets closer, Republicans are going to be very, very engaged and all of this is going to come back to earth for the Democrats. It's exactly what we're seeing right now. Now, will it hold up? We don't know yet, but it is something we talked about for a long time. And it's important to remember that the the mainstream media once again took you down the wrong road on this. This is all their whole narrative is reversing. And now they're starting to admit it. Democrats worry that they peaked too soon ahead of the midterms. It's true, but it's not because they they had this incredible campaign and they just happened to peak at the wrong time. They just missed with their planning. No, it's just because they had a major disruption to their ideal world where they can kill all the babies that they want. And uh, that in, that engaged Democrats earlier than Republicans who had a win that day, 6-24-22. And they were able to say, hey, you know, we don't need to get out on the streets and go crazy right now. We won. Now, as we get closer to this election, you're starting to see Republicans very, very engaged because there's something else to fight about. Um, So what are the Democrats going to do? They know they may have peaked too early. They're still trying to do everything they can. They're going to get desperate to try to win this election. Biden is set to release 14 million barrels more of oil from U.S. emergency reserves. He's emptied half of our strategic oil reserves. Think about this. Half of it just to try to win this election, to try to knock down gas prices by a few cents. While we have a massive war going on with Russia and Ukraine that we're at least tangentially uh, involved in and could escalate at any time. We've just dished out half of our reserves for what? To To lower prices by a few cents and now they're reversing and going back up? This is a disgrace. It should not be happening. Biden also uh, went out and did a big speech trying to get people's eyes back on the abortion ball. Now, this is something that they've been trying to do for a while. They thought this was going to carry them through the midterms at no point uh, that uh, I don't know. Maybe they did believe this. I certainly never believed you were going to be able to ride an abortion wave, something that, you know, occasionally happens, uh, you know, in a woman's life, potentially. Some number of women obviously have abortions, but it's not like you have them every week. You go to the grocery store every week. You're going to get gas every week. Uh, This is a totally different thing. And yes, I can understand that some big activist types were really passionate about the right to be able to end the lives of children. But like, you know, even people who are pro-choice are looking at this and saying, yeah, but look at inflation. Look at these things that are actually affecting my life on a day-to-day basis. And uh, Democrats are now worried that the focus on abortion rights is making them lose independent women. New York Times Siena College poll released on Monday, we talked about it, shows female independence favoring the GOP by 18 points. If that is reality, you will see a wave election coming in three weeks. And when I say three, three weeks, I mean three weeks from today. Three weeks. Back in a second. We were just talking about abortion, how the left wants to focus on it because they think it might win them this election. How disgraceful is that? Using this issue to try to win an election? Almost one of every five Americans never have a chance to live outside the womb because of abortion. It's not something that helps you win elections. It's a it's a national horror show. Over 63 million babies have been aborted just since Roe versus Wade was enacted and a lot more will be aborted in its wake. That's why Preborn is here. They want to save 50,000 babies from abortion in 2022. It's a big goal. They need your help to accomplish it. 
they basically give free ultrasounds to expecting mothers. And 80% of the time, hearing the baby's heartbeat is enough to convince the mother to keep her baby. And preborn doesn't stop there. If the mother does choose, hopefully, for uh, the, uh, the, the choice of life, well, then preborn steps up and provides maternity and baby clothes, diapers, car seats, counseling, and much more free of charge. They are very committed to this issue. Preborn has a passion to save unborn babies, and with your help, they can do it. They've saved you know, over 188,000 babies so far and more and more every day. Will you help in this effort? Uh, you can help by donating to, uh, if you go to, uh, go to your cell phone and go dial pound 250, say the keyword baby, it's pound 250. The keyword is baby, or you can go to preborn.com slash stew, preborn.com slash stew. Help life today. Following the 2020 election, uh, the Major League uh, Baseball, wound up, uh, the commissioner, wound up stepping up, taking a brave stand and saying, we will not have our all-star game in Georgia because of all this voter suppression going on. They're trying to suppress the vote and we will not have any part of it. And they look really smart today. Um, well, no, actually they don't. Uh, more than 100,000 Georgians cast ballots on the first day of early voting, smashing the record. We told you about this bill as it was going on. It did not suppress the vote. Major League Baseball went along with the nonsense from the mainstream media anyway, and now they look like idiots. It's just the long and the short of the entire story. Uh, the, the whole narrative from the mainstream media, all the people who told you this was going to be big time voter suppression over and over again are proved wrong by the fact that more and more people somehow are able to go out and vote in Georgia. All time records going on right now in early voting in the state we were told was suppressing the vote. You know, we talk a lot about bad decisions being made by politicians and uh, how they affect people. And it's important to also call that out when it happens in your personal life. Uh, that's why I should mention that my wife, for some reason, married me uh, 20, 20 years ago today. 20 freaking years. Do you believe she stuck around for 20 years? I do not believe it. And it's interesting. Every time I post something about the fact that I'm married to her, you all point out that you can't believe she stuck with me either. Which is kind of hurtful, but uh, 100%. Um, understandable when it comes to a question. Happy 20th anniversary to my wife, Lisa. We'll see you tomorrow.